Hello, this is Norman, and welcome to Run With Horses. I've got a great quote for you today from Ken Sand, the author of The Peacemaker. He writes, Conflict always provides an opportunity to glorify God. That is, to show Him honor and bring Him praise. In particular, conflict gives you a chance to show God that you love, respect, and trust Him. At the same time, it allows you to show others that God is loving, wise, powerful, and faithful. Conflict is something that none of us can avoid. We're always going to have an opportunity to glorify God in this way, to, to show Him that we love Him, that we respect Him, and that we trust Him to provide for us, to work in our relationships, because we are going to have conflict. It's not an area that we usually think of as being able to glorify God in this conflict or because of this conflict, but our response not just a conflict, but to all of the trials of life, give us an opportunity to show that we trust God, to show that our faith in Him is not just lip service, but that it is from the heart that we really genuinely trust Him to do what's best, and that as we have conflict, we we don't have to win. We can trust that God will work out things, uh, even when it feels like it's not going our way and that this is not best for us. God does know what we need, and He is able to work every situation out for our good and His glory. So this is a good reminder. When we have conflict, we need to trust God. We need to respect and trust Him that He is the one who can work in and through this, and that I don't have to fight and defend myself and worry about uh, winning, but I can trust Him. And as I do that, I'm proving to others, I'm showing them that God is. Uh, He's loving and He's wise. He's powerful. He's faithful. I show by my actions, by my words, by my love for the other person that what God has done in my life is real. And that's genuinely important. Okay, news and culture today. I came across an article, and I think the article, um, I was in a website called Christian Headlines, but I've been thinking about uh, thankfulness, so I've been doing some writing on, on prayer and thankfulness, and I uh, came across this headline, and they studied gratefulness and gratitude, and listen to this. It says, the participants who completed gratitude tasks months earlier not only reported feeling more gratefulness two weeks after the task than members of the control group, but also months later, showing more gratitude-related brain activity in the scanner. The researchers described these profound and long-lasting neural effects as particularly noteworthy. And this, uh, this research goes on and suggests that the more you practice giving your, your brain this, this feeling and practice of expressing gratitude, uh, the more it adjusts to that mindset. It's kind of like, and they mentioned this, it's sort of a gratitude muscle that can be exercised and strengthened. I think this is a great thought. As we are practicing thankfulness, as we are working to remind ourselves, hey, I need to be thankful, you're building the muscles that help you to do it quicker next time. Uh, as you're thankful for the good things and the things you often don't think of, the little things, 
it builds that muscle so that you can learn to be thankful for maybe things that are not so easy to be thankful for. You know, Paul writes that we need to be thankful for everything. Give thanks for all things. It is a skill. It's an exercise that we can do that helps us. We reap the benefits of a thankful heart. I think that's an amazing thing. Something that you can do. You can choose to intentionally be thankful. You can choose a life, an attitude of thankfulness, and you benefit from that. Uh, You will find it easier to be thankful. Uh, You will find it As this research suggests, it has long-lasting effects. That thankful heart, that thankful attitude carries from one day on into the next week. We're more likely to be thankful in the future if we're thankful today. I think that's a great thought for us. You know, when Paul writes through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we should always be rejoicing and giving thanks, this is one of the ways that God shows that He loves us. He knows what's best for us. He knows what we need to be thinking about and dwelling on. And we need to be thankful. We, as humans, we need that. Uh, This is a good, interesting article or interesting science experiment that they did looking at how gratefulness carries on into the future. So today, as you go through life, what are you thankful for? Uh, What are you not thankful for that you could or should be thankful for? Be thankful today and you'll appreciate it and benefit from that tomorrow. Okay, it's once again time for the musical portion of our show, Chloe's Corner. What do you have for us today, Chloe? A song called Collide. Collide. Hmm, it sounds crushing. <laughs> Crashing? Not quite. Okay. So what's it about? It's about <clears throat> how a lot of us give ourselves kind of a label in our minds. You know, oh, I'm stupid or I'm even something like I'm short. I'm an introvert. And we let that kind of define who we are. And so this is a song to tell you, don't do that. So it's not about running into things? No. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. We all give ourselves a label Ugly, loner, useless And most of us aren't able To see that they don't have to shape us What do you call yourself In the dark of night What names keep you tightly chained And hidden from the light It's not who you say you are It's who you are inside You're more than you think you are So let lies and reality collide Just watch lies and reality collide Do you hide under a label? Claiming that is all you are Since you've thought it from the cradle You can't see that it's a liar When something bad happens What do you think first? If a lie is gonna reach you It's gotta hit 
meet you at your worst It's not who you say you are It's who you are inside You're more than you think you are So let lies and reality collide It's not who you say you are It's who you are inside You're more than you think you are So let lies and reality collide Just watch lies and reality collide Just watch lies and reality collide Now great, that's a good truth. We need to remember that a lot of the things we tell ourselves in our head are not true about us. We need to understand what God has to say about us and trust in that. Today in Living Theology, I want to think about prayer a little more, particularly something that's maybe simple and you probably, many of you have already heard of this, but as you pray, people often struggle with, well, how should I pray or, you know, what do I do? I don't know how to approach it, particularly if you're either a new believer or someone who really hasn't spent a lot of effort thinking about what it means to to pray and to talk to God. I want to give you a very simple uh, way to start, and this is, it's very common. I didn't come up with it. It's probably been around for I don't know, my whole life longer than that. I don't know where it came from. I should have researched that. I did not. Um, it's the ACTS, A-C-T-S acronym. It stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Now, this is an outline for prayer. And you, there's no requirement that you follow this, but it is very helpful. And the order, the progression through these really is helpful. And let me share why. It starts with Adoration. It starts with God and who He is and gives us the reminder that we have much to praise God for, to thank God for. He is awesome. What I often do is start with thinking about God and thinking about His characteristics, uh, His roles that He plays. Think about the Creator, also the Savior, uh, the King. Go through what the Bible says about God. And you can give thanks for all of those. God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. God, I praise you because you know. Whatever struggle I'm going through, you know. Uh, Whatever is coming tomorrow that I may be anxious about, you know. He's also omnipotent. That means he is powerful. He can do it. So not only does he know what's coming tomorrow, he can work through it, in it, to glorify himself, and to help me be the person that he wants me to be. So I can trust that whatever comes tomorrow, God already has it in his plan, and he's already working to prepare me for tomorrow and and to prepare tomorrow for me. Uh, God is working in this life to accomplish his purposes, and I can trust that, and I can praise God for that. And that's one of the reasons that I can direct my attention to him and adore him because he is God. Uh, I can adore him and lift him up and praise him and glorify him because he is the creator. When you go for a walk and you see, particularly this time of year, it's getting to be spring. The flowers are coming out. uh, The grass is growing and it's nice and green. I had to cut that today. That part is not always so exciting, but it's definitely beautiful. And I can praise God because he's the creator. He has created this amazing, beautiful world with such amazing detail. 
Uh, and I can praise him for that role that he created all of this. So there are many, many ways to approach that. Uh, I like to go through the Bible and look at what do I learn about God? What are the characteristics? And then pray through those. So this first one, the A, adoration, many different approaches, but they all focus on God. Now, when you do that, naturally, after a time, you're going to come back and think about yourself. And if you've thought about God, and then you begin to look at yourself, naturally, there's a little bit of uh, comparison there. Okay, God is holy and righteous and perfect and pure. And then look at myself, okay, I'm not. So that should lead very naturally to the C, which is confession. God, I'm not what I should be. I'm not what I could be. I'm not what you want me to be. Uh, I have sinned. I have done wrong that, that I thought was wrong. God, I have failed in so many ways. I want to confess and I want to repent. I want to acknowledge that what you say in your word is true and where I have broken your law, that, that is, that's a right law. That's a just law. And I was wrong for breaking that. I want to confess my sins and I want to repent, turn to God, because he is the one that offers forgiveness. Adoration gives me God in all of his power and glory, but also his love, his forgiveness, that he is the Savior. He offers me uh, salvation. So it's very natural then to flow to confession and repentance because I've just said God is an awesome, loving, kind, holy God who offers me forgiveness. So I I want that. So confession uh, can be a time of tears, but it should end with refreshing. God promises to forgive me. He promises to accept me in spite of my sin. What does that lead us to? The T, thankfulness. Understanding who God is and understanding who I am in his sight, it's natural to be thankful when I recognize that he didn't have to forgive me. He didn't have to love me. He chose to. And I'm so thankful that he did. I'm thankful that he is God, that he is powerful. All that adoration that we started with when I recognized God's awesome power is now practically applied in my life. God is powerful enough. He is big enough to forgive me for my sins. No one has done so much that they are beyond God's forgiveness. And you can be thankful for that. We've gone through adoration, confession, thanksgiving. And then at the end, it's like the S is almost tacked on. And for me, often I get to this point, if I've really gone through this process and I've spent a few minutes just thinking about God and praying uh, to him, recognizing who he is, and then confessing my sin and repenting and uh, accepting his for- forgiveness and being thankful for that. When I get to the point of supplication, of, of bringing my request to God, what I often find is I don't have as many requests as I thought I did when I started praying. A lot of them, a lot of the things that I wanted to talk to God about really were things that I should have already just rested in him and given to him. And I found out that this process has helped me to do that, and I'm no longer worried about that meeting tomorrow. God, I trust, I trust you, and I'm thankful that you're going to work in that. And I'm, I don't really have any more concerns about that. When I get to the supplication, if I've really recognized God, if I've really come from that heart of thankfulness to begin this time period of bringing my request to God, what I find out is personally I don't usually have as many requests. And what I do pretty quickly is turn to the people around me and say, God, I want to intercede. I want to pray for those around me. I want to pray for the people in my life who don't know you. Help me to be salt and light. Help me to share with them what I have. 
I want them to be able to adore you, to confess their sins, to repent, to be thankful for your forgiveness, which means they need to receive your forgiveness. And God, I really pray that you'd work in their hearts. So I find myself much, much more in tune with other people and thinking about them rather than myself once I've gone through this process. Try it. If you haven't done this before, I know some people might look at it and go, it's just too simple. You know, it's Acts, ACTS. Somebody just made that up. Well, it's true. They did. But it's also very practical. It does address these different ways of relating to God. We need to relate to him as the God who is high and lifted up, the creator, uh, the eternal king. We need to recognize our place before him and confess and repent. We need his forgiveness. And recognizing who he is and accepting his forgiveness should lead us to thanksgiving. All that should be very natural. And we do want to go to him with our prayer request. We want to intercede with other people. All of these are different ways of relating to God. They're all biblical. And if you struggle to get started in prayer, I find that always starting with God, you start the conversation and then it flows from there and it's very easy to follow this outline. So if you haven't tried it before, try it. It's definitely not the only way. There are other outlines that people follow to pray. You don't actually have to follow an outline. You can talk to God uh, freely, openly, about anything, anytime, and he wants you to do that. But along with that freedom to say anything, anytime, and talk to God, uh, sometimes it's good to have a little structure and approach God in a different way. However you do it, pray. Pray.